Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Menopause is coming and the men have all left town. But I'm not giving up until I see that baby crown. Could be balding, bearded, shorter, tall, funny, smart, love basketball. Gay, straight, black, white, tiny eyes with an underbite. I just need sperm. Sperm cast. Okay, let me get a mic test. That's a test, test, test. Hi, mic test, mic test, mic, 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 test, test, test. Hi, I'm Mike Test, and I'm here for the job interview. Hey, Mike. Hi. I see from your resume, you have a lot of experience with cows. Yes, I do. Uh, I grew up around them. Uh, My father was a cow graze specialist, and uh, I just think that this is the place for me. Great. Um, What kind of cows were they? Were they for... for, uh, Oh, they were for... They were black... Milk? They were... They were were dairy cows. They were were black cows. Um, Some of them were white. uh, Some of them were brown with spots, and they were for... Yes, we uh, uh, made cheese. Oh, cheese. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cheese cows. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, a little bit. What do the different colors, um, do for this cows? Flavors. So the black uh, cow is chocolate milk, Mm. cheese, and then the brown cows with spots is like a Swiss kind of cheese. Oh, that's chocolate cheese. Yeah. And then the white, the white cow, uh, is, you know, your Havarti. Um, so yeah, I mean a little bit about my resume. Um, you'll see here that it says that I was unemployed for two years between 2006 and 2008. Mm -hmm. Um, that was for, uh, family illness reasons Mm -hmm. and, um, nothing. Uh, you can talk to my employer, um, from 2005, uh, and he will, he will, uh, corroborate that story. Oh, great, great. Well, we're not sure how long this podcast is going to last, but, um, we are looking for an intern. Okay, and, and it's it's paid. It's um, it's not it's not exactly it's, um, paid. would be unpaid. It's but unpaid, but but there's a lot a lot of riches, you know, lot, that you will get. A lot to learn as well as connections that you could potentially make and yeah. the experience, of course. May I um, uh, just borrow the the bathroom key, please? Sure, it's connected to this big tin pie plate. So you don't pocket it. I'll be right back. Okay, but before you go. Molly wants to try and harmonize with you. Yeah. (laughs) See if you would make a good intern. Yeah. Can you sing a note? Yes. Go. Thank you. Hey, guys. We're here um, (laughs) doing Spermcast. It's a special episode because I've got, uh, well old amanda here boring and (laughs) our friend maria blasucci hey guys so excited to be on Spermcast. big fan longtime listener and um really yeah i've i've listened to uh probably (laughs) half the episode whoa that's not bad which half (laughs) the better half (laughs) that's not bad 
Well, Amanda and I were just going to do a catch-up episode, um, but Maria happened to be here. And so <laughs> we said, hey, why don't you stick around? Yeah. And now she's my intern. And I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to see what go, how, how the magic is concocted. What goes oh, yeah. into your witch's brew? Uh, so yeah, Molly <laughs> needed a little break from the editing room. So we're Yeah, gonna you know, I had my birthday. I turned 40. That's right. I've been really tired this week. Yeah, I think it's something in the air. I think it's I do. Honestly, I do think it is in the air. I think yeah. it might be allergies. Yeah. I've been floating around like a little loose balloon, to be honest. <laughs> oh, my God. I really have. I've been doing really weird things. I haven't felt this way since college. Really? Yeah. I've, like I don't what? know. I don't like the other day I got money out of the ATM and I left it there. Oh, no. How much? $120. Oh, no. I cried really bad. Aww. That's no fun. I know. Wow, that's a bummer. Mm-hmm. It really was. I'm trying to think if I did anything wacky this week. I mean, <laughs> every day is a wacky day for me. Yeah. Yeah, I just... Yeah, I haven't done anything wacky, but I've just been in self-contemplation, mm. internalizing everything I say and and asking myself why I say it and am I pushing people away in, in the way I say it. Oh, oh, interesting. Wow, Maria. I didn't know you <laughs> thought about things like that. <laughs> well, I do. Constantly. <laughs> if I ever say anything to you that offends you in some way or makes you feel bad about yourself, know that I'm aware of it and I'm um, dying inside. Wow. Oh I, my see, gosh. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Well, not with you, Amanda, just with me. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Whatever I say to you, Amanda, you take that, you run with it. Oh, I do. <laughs> uh, listeners, Amanda and Maria, in case you don't know, they have their own podcast. It's called The Big Ones, and it's very um, funny. Thanks, and Molly. Thank you. smart and um, well-loved on the, <laughs> by a lot of a lot of guys on the internet yeah mostly um, men yeah can you tell us what it. the big ones is about real quick the big ones is a podcast uh where amanda and i uh discuss big moral quandaries that uh that are in a way unanswerable um we talk about you know what would you do if you found a baby in a boat uh in the the the, <laughs> the parents uh one of the parents was on the boat and, and he was dead would you go find the mother or would you keep the baby to yourself? <laughs> I mean, that answer seems that really seems easy. It's pretty clear when you say it like that. Yeah. Well, that was the but also was what on. she didn't mention was that they have a special guest in every episode. So it's not just these two. Oh, yes. <laughs> no, we, yeah. Yeah. no we I can explain it fancy guests. Well, why don't you do your intro, yeah. please? So each can week we, d- we discuss new ethical questions ranging from historical decisions to relationship problems to brain-busting moral choices. The questions can be complicated to talk about, but they're always fun to discuss because they force you to look deep, deep, deep with inside yourself. Will you like what you see? Yeah. Molly Hawkins. Molly that's when they Hockey. say the guest's name. So, so, yeah, we've had been Molly on tw- the show. two times, I think. Yeah, and we've had great guests, Paul F. Tompkins, Matt Gorley. Um, we've had uh, anyone that's... Taryn uh, Killam. Taryn Killam. Any sperm cast crossover guests? I don't um, know, other than Molly. Um, we'll have to try and get Nick Vile, I heard. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. He's doing the podcast circuit. <laughs> He would be great on the big ones. Uh, he probably would be pretty good on that, actually. I can't believe he drove out here to be on it. From Venice to Pasadena. And what was the reason? He said he was going to his friend's house no, after. No, he wasn't. That's what he said. No, he, he was have, not. And we forgot to take a picture with him. I know. I can't believe we forgot. Mm. He was not. He was just trying to make himself, like, make it seem. I, I think I, he was going to his friend's house. 
Mm. He said he because I he followed say, him <laughs> <laughs> on foot. Molly chased after his car. <laughs> she was hanging on to the undercarriage as he drove away. That's cool. I think we should do this episode. Yeah, let's dive into. You have some great juicy listener emails. To well, talk actually, about. I wanted you to check in with me and oh, see how right. I was oh, doing. Right. I'm sorry. Before we started the podcast, <laughs> Molly asked yes, me I if I would ch- ask her how she was. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot oh, that improv we did at the beginning really threw me off. Yeah, that was really with fun. me, Mike Test. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to get back into that. Uh, Molly, how are you doing? Oh, thanks for asking, Amanda. I I'm feeling funny this week. Yeah, let's talk about your mental state. I've been having anxiety. I haven't had any panic attacks, but I've been I've just been feeling a little weird. A lot of um just thinking about the future and thinking about do I know too much and I just feel more confused than What do you mean ever. do you know too much? Well, like about the sperm journey. It's just like oh. let's say you're 28 and you get knocked up accidentally and you don't have to make a choice. It's just it's made for you and and you just do it and you, and it, and it's and you're like, yeah, I'm going to take great care of this baby. Everything's going to be amazing. But I feel like I make this decision. I'm responsible for whatever happens. I'm responsible if I have a baby that's not healthy. I'm scared of that. Very scared of that. I don't talk about it too much. Yeah. How tied in um, do you think these feelings are to your birthday, the big birthday you just had? I'm sure that's in there somewhere. But I have a lot of stresses happening in my life. There's some stuff going on with friends and um, people I care about and, you know, life stuff. I'm obviously my my work stuff and making money. I'm feeling very busy. You know, I've got uh, headshots and I have other creative projects that I'm working towards. So there's a lot of stresses. But I also, it's just just almost too much self-reflection and too many questions like if I didn't know any of these things it would be a lot easier to just like when I started this podcast I was so you know blindly optimistic and that would have just I should have just gotten pregnant back then I know it's just hard when you're going about it in a way that's so deliberate like you can't just accidentally like get a sperm donor <laughs> you know what i mean i could do i could i could find a arrange way. it but it, it does require um a lot of thought and a lot of decision making maybe what you're feeling is a little bit of decision fatigue is that a thing that- yeah, yeah oh. it definitely is like you're you're are being faced with all these sorts of big life choices that yeah. maybe part of you is feeling shut down by that mm, mm. i've also been noticing like or doubting that i parts of me doubt that I want a baby at all and that freaks me out and I don't know it's it's just weird I mean if I was 28 or 29 I could have these doubts and not worry about it but I can't I don't want to have doubts right now I just want to be gung-ho about it all but you never will be Molly because that's what happens no one's ever 100% in on anything Yeah, and then you make the decision and then you feel good about it. Yeah, no matter, yeah, I just feel like you sit in anything and, you know, you've given yourself this, there's no deadline to it, you know, to making the decision, but that can drive you crazy because then you can, basically, you're giving yourself till the end of time to, to feel perfect about it and you never will. That's right. You can definitely overthink anything. Yeah. I know I can. Yeah. It's kind of like letting go of what's the right decision and just accepting that whatever the you, the choice you make is the 
the price you take is the price you pay (laughs) (laughs) yeah but there there is a certain element of at some point you just have to go with your gut uh there's a a line someone said once and it says jesus take the wheel oh my god leanne rhymes no that's trisha yearwood carrie underwood oh shit jesus take the wheel can we sing it maria uh i don't know i don't know it how it goes all i know is the line is jeez jesus take the wheel I don't know how it goes. Jesus, take the wheel. Oh, yeah. That's... Take it from my hands. Because wow. I can't do this on my own. Ooh, wow, Molly. yes, Molly. Yes. <laughs> that's But your... that's not smart. I mean, she's driving on a highway and she just lets go. Uh, no, yeah. I think in the video, in the music video, she's driving and her car goes out of control. Yeah, and Jesus. <laughs> Jesus was in and it. And then she ends up being okay. I thought it was about drunk driving. Now, don't get excited. I'm not doing any cutaways in this thing, but I just wanted to say what happened in the video with Carrie Underwood. She was driving last Friday on her way to Cincinnati on a Snow White Christmas Eve, going home to see her mama and her daddy with her baby in her back seat. 50 miles to go, and she was running low on faith and gasoline. It's been a long, hard year. She had a lot on her mind, and she didn't pay attention. She was going way too fast. Before she knew it, she was spinning on a thin black sheet of glass. She saw both their lives flash before her eyes. She didn't even have time to cry. She was so scared. She threw her hands up in the air. Jesus, take the wheel. No, Jesus, take the wheel means I can't. This is life. This is what's going to happen. I'm going to let. I'm going to let go and let God let go. Let God let Jesus. You take the wheel. I can't be steering this anymore because it's not up to me. It's up to you. Right. Let life happen to me, Lord. Let yeah. It's hard for a lady with no faith. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, yeah. I wonder if this journey would be a lot different if you were religious. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. You Hell won't be yeah. driving so much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I, I love jokes like that that Amanda you. just does not have time for anymore. <laughs> I was taking a sip of my drink. <laughs> Amanda's just Amanda made done. us some drinks. Oh yeah, I'll I'll talk about what's in here. It's it's a great mocktail. It's a dash of vinegar, like sh- orange champagne vinegar, and some sparkling water. What happened to the cucumber? Oh, it's a cucumber flavored sparkling water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it kind of tastes like a garden. Mm-hmm. They're very mm-hmm. delicious. It's very refreshing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So in general, you're just feeling a little bit confused. Yeah, I just uh, I just. Mm. I just want to want it a hundred percent. You're not gonna. <gasps> Did you ever? It, it, it's yes. Like, okay. Always. At one point, you did, but that's especially before... especially this year before we before Benny passed away, where I was like all positive lady. Yeah. Yeah. Now but, I see a dog. Yeah. I don't want to touch it. People want to want me to dog sit. I'm like, no. I don't want to. Like they're cute, but like they scare me. They don't scare me. I just they don't make me feel good. And um, and then I babysat uh, for a friend the other day. And the whole time I was just looking at her son like, do I want this? Do I want this? Do I want this? Do I want this? And it was like, well, I don't know. And then I told her that and she's like, how could you not want this? This is the best. And I was like, well, yeah, that's your kid. Great. It's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> and the baby. And then I took some newborn photos this week and that baby was so sweet and. Yeah, it's just scary. I did also, I haven't talked about this, but I had a friend when I was um, in my late, it was 10 years ago, maybe, no, it was 13 years ago. doesn't matter. My friend's baby died. And so that was a scary. How? um, SIDS. He had twins and one of the babies died at six months. Oh, horrible. And that's just, that's a genetic thing. No, there's no reason for it. 
but the then it has gone down a lot since doctors started saying to put your ba- put the babies on their back to sleep on their backs but uh, there's no no uh, oof. yeah well that's horrible yeah um and i saw that baby the night before they were good friends and my oh. boyfriend was the godfather and oh. yeah so that's horrible yeah and that shit happens i know yeah i mean that would really be and i've also been reading from. a lot about I've been reading a lot about miscarriages and stillbirths and, you know, the older you are, the more miscarriages and stillbirths and late term miscarriages you have. That's just scary. Yeah. So I know, but you can't go there like you you though i I know that's why i'm having problems it's very dangerous to play the kind of worst case scenario game especially with something like this it seems like if i may Mm -hmm. um this is mike test speaking yes thanks mike um it seems like you've gotten so into this journey of trying to figure out every aspect of of sperm donation and motherhood and everything like that, that you might be taking the fun out of of your initial reaction to it, which was mm-hmm. you initially like wanting the baby and wanting this part of your life. You've gotten so caught up in the science of it and just the pros and cons of it that now it's becoming more of a chore to you because there's a weight on it that didn't used to be on it. That's not on it for a lot of people because a lot of people just get pregnant and have a baby. Yeah. That if you just kind of maybe, I'm not saying remove yourself from the podcast, but kind of remove yourself from once you do the podcast, then creating a life for yourself where you don't have to think about it on a daily basis. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That could make anyone go like, well, this is too much. This is too overwhelming. This There's too much to think about here. There's yeah. too many things that could go wrong. Yeah. And I that's not like healthy. Every moment that I have these days is all like I see somebody and they want to talk about the podcast, which is amazing and mm-hmm. great because people want to talk about it. But like, it's really all like all I talk about when I see people and yeah, it's like yeah. the only thing that's on my mind. And creatively, I'm working on something else that it's the center of. And like, yeah, it's really- I think you got to step away from find time throughout the week. Set it. And I know you edit this for so long during the week. Not this where, episode. Right. <laughs> where you really do. You find a way where this is a couple hours a week and then you step away from it so that you can live your life and find a place where you're comfortable in yourself to make the decision and get some perspective on yeah. it too, because Ooh. sometimes you're not looking at a good word. the big picture, you know, and mm-hmm. like what really is the end game yeah. to all of this, you know. And so I think sometimes to step back and look at, you know, see the forest for the trees. Yeah, mm-hmm. you got that metaphor right. Did I? I think. See the forest from the trees. For the trees. From the trees. No, you I, can see the forest see the, from yeah, the trees. Yes. I think it's for. I thought it was see that you can see that there's a forest as opposed to just seeing a tree. She's going to look it up uh-huh, I'm because I'm up. really bad with colloquialisms from the trees. That's a good TV show name name. It's for the trees for the trees for the trees. See the mm-hmm. forest for the because the trees can't see the forest. Yeah. No. An expression used of someone who is too involved in the details of a problem to look at the situation as a whole. The Congress is in quotes. The congressman became so involved in the wording of his bill that he couldn't see the forest for the trees. He did not realize that the bill could never pass. <laughs> so you're the eyes of the forest. No, of the trees. 
you can see it for the trees. Right, 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 right. That's I don't it, get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The trees I, I'm have gonna, eyes. I'm gonna step back and be a tree here and say I don't get it. <laughs> Um, there's also something that I think about a lot of saying I heard, um, which is think, choose the bigger life. So like whenever you're kind of weighing a big choice, uh-huh. like it's always good to lean in the direction of choosing the bigger life. Like, I like that um, one. Yeah. And that yeah. could mean something different for you. Like someone might say like, oh, the bigger life for me is having a family. Like that's mm-hmm. really important to mm-hmm. me. Someone else might say the bigger life for me is not having children so I can travel and experience different things. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something that always helps me when I... Um, have to make a decision yeah Yeah. you know what do I yeah what do I want yeah and you kind of know in your heart I think what will be the bigger life for you yeah just too much sitting and thinking can get you so in your head and you just have to start getting out there and living your life yes girl (laughs) yes no but seriously because if I always, when I'm not doing anything, when I'm sitting stagnant and not working or hanging out with people, I'll get into a depression or I'll start getting intense anxiety because I'll be stuck in my head thinking of everything. Mm -hmm. Or if I'm doing things, if I'm actually out in the world doing things, I don't have time to think of that stuff and life's just happening to me. Yeah. 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 Well, in addition to being confused these days i mean i like i like what you guys are saying don't worry about it. I'm no just, i I'm, really I'm, do I'm, it's I'm helping just, me it's helping it really is whatever also i'll just say one more thing sometimes before clarity happens it, you feel even more overwhelmed it's like right before you're gonna have a break uh, yeah something. it's like when that carrie underwood song it's always darkest before the dawn yeah so i don't know that really? could also i don't be, know that one no that's um that's a uh, florence and the machine <laughs> It's always darkest before the shake it up, shake it up, shake it up, shake it up. Ah. But you know who else says it is Two Face in the Batman movie, Mm -hmm. the the Dark Knight. You know what Winston Churchill says? What? When you're going through hell, keep going. If you're going through, if you're going through hell, I'd say turn around. Around. <laughs> if you're going toward hell turn around if you're already in hell keep going keep going it'll or a couple right. more miles turn, turn right, right. <laughs> going through hell um no i was gonna say that a positive thing is that uh people often ask me like if i if i uh see if it's if i think it's gonna be a girl or a boy or anything i've been seeing a lot of girl lately wow well, where are you seeing it <laughs> you i don't know i just keep imagining a little girl what makes her a little girl, Molly? Oh, good question, Maria. I know. Is I it know. the bow in her hair? Is no, it the pink she's outfit. Not a bow. Um, but Is I also keep thinking of girl names. Let me ask you about this name. You've never heard it before. Loney. <laughs> I don't Loney. know. Loney. Loney hockey. Well, let me yeah, just more say, like Looney hockey. Well, that's what I was. Oh, about. look, Loney hockey's alone again. Looney Loney's alone again. Yeah. Why you why you alone, Loney? Because you're so loony. Okay. But it's a cute name. <laughs> <laughs> what this is, is my mom's, my Uncle Lanny's husband. Lanny and Loney. I mean, wife. <laughs> Lanny and Loney. No way. Yes. What is that short for? Well, Lanny's short for Alan. And Loney is from Denmark. So Loney. Wow. And L-O-N-I? L-O-N-I. And I also like Lanny. Lanny's cute. Lanny is very cute. Alan is a kind of a cute name, too. I like it, too, for a boy or a girl. I heard a name today that I really liked, um, Scotty. That's mm-hmm. cute. Scotty's super cute, yeah. Mm-hmm. What was the other one of yours I wanted to steal? May. 
I'm taking May. No, I'm going to get it first. We'll see. (laughs) But mine's May, M-A-Y. And mine's M-A-E. Can you imagine? We both have our daughters. Mine's M-A-I. May, May, May. They're all best friends. Hi, I'm May. I'm May. I'm May May too. Hey. Anyway, so that's kind of fun and positive. Yeah, well, that's... And I'm actually... And my mom got me a Vitamix for my birthday, so... (gasps) So hello, So now I can make baby food. Oh, it's for... That's great. You can make (laughs) soups in that Vitamix. You can make soup. You can make ice cream. My kids are going to love me. Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, that is great. I love my Vitamix. Yeah, I'm excited. I made a smoothie yesterday. It was delish. It's great. All right, should we eat eat some um, emails? Yeah, let's eat some emails. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so sometimes I have a hard time getting back to emails because they're so wonderfully thought out and uh, moving and I just... I don't have time to write as thorough a response and that makes me feel bad. But uh, so I thought maybe I could read a couple of them today and we could talk about them. I don't have my glasses on. This is hard to see. Do you want me to read them? Um, this is all a ploy to get you to read because before the podcast started, she's like, maybe one of you could read it. I do have my long. I don't mind reading you them. Start only- I like that clipboard. Thanks. That's cool. That yeah, that's very cool. Thanks. This is cool. Now I have my glasses on too. Do you want me to read it yes. though? Yeah. Those are cool glasses, right, Molly. So she, this one is from somebody that really related to Georgia's. Um, should I wait for that? Oh, wait for plane. Wait for plane. Holding. Holding. Wow. Holding. I that plane's heading right toward the house. <laughs> well. <laughs> okay, so you want me to read these highlighted parts? Um, yeah, so this one's from a, a friend who uh, really related to Georgia's episode. Okay, yeah. great. Um, hi, Molly. I love, love, loved the episode with Georgia. I wanted to chime into the conversation. Everything she said about um, her views on not wanting kids sounded exactly how I talk about it in every single way, except the murder part. But I think I have similar worries about my kid being a complete mess, drug addict, alcoholic, suicidal, criminal, abuser, bully, being bullied. At a certain point, what happens to your kid, where they end up, who they are is out of your control. For me, I think that lack of control scares me. And then here we go. Um, this is a long one. So we're, I just highlighted a couple of pieces. Yeah. Okay. So I think every kid talks to their parents with hate at several points in their lives. Um, I don't know if I'm strong enough to take it. My other sister has always wanted kids and had her kids in her early 40s after meeting someone. She has always had a deep desire for kids, but it's been fascinating to hear her say to me some of her darkest thoughts about having them. When her first kid was around two years old, she was like, I mean, I would never beat my kids, but there are moments where she she does something intentional and has this look in her eye that fills me with so much rage. I don't know what to do with myself. And I um, don't think anyone should hit their kids. But what I am saying is I get how someone can snap and do something they would regret. Wow. And they are some of the best parents I know, but she felt comfortable enough to say that to me. And I found that fascinating. Yeah. I somehow have the best parents who never ask me about having kids. I'm always really creeped out by people who say their mom won't stop nagging them about procreating. I don't understand that. I think the message I get from others when they ask me if I am going to have kids is always coming from the place of, oh man, you'd be such a good mom though. They tell me they admire me for being super structured and disciplined and have my shit together and run marathons and give my dogs a great life and I'm fun and blah, blah, blah. So what they're trying to say to me is... Good people should be having more kids in this world. You are good people. It never makes me mad when people ask, though, but it probably does make me go, should I have them? For like a tiny bit, and then it passes. Sorry, I made you read so much just now. No, that's okay. That's very fascinating. I think it's interesting that she had input from her sister like that. 
Yeah, I mean, that is certainly very honest. I mean, I get that on a small scale with my cat can make me so mad. I mean, yeah. she was just in here like aggressively trying to eat cheese off mm-hmm. of a cheese plate. And she got some too. Yeah. But women don't often admit that kind of thing to each other, at least. Maybe to their very closest friends. But yeah. I don't know. All I ever hear is um, it's the best thing you you can ever do. I didn't know love until I had my baby and... Yeah, you hear that a lot. I know, I know, I know. I said I wasn't going to be doing any cut-ins. I know, I know. But I just, I'm just having this thought, which is that it must be so isolating for a new mother to have these feelings and not be able to express them. I'm not saying that people should go around talking about how much they don't want to have their baby, but I'm sure there's so many people out there that have this feeling and feel trapped. And it's, it's one of those scary thoughts that I keep thinking about. Like, what if that happens to me? I don't know why it would happen to me. It's like, I know that the plane's not going to crash, but for some reason I keep thinking I'm going to have a panic attack if I get on the plane. Know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It it is interesting, but that's nice to know that, you know, somewhat connected with what Georgia was saying. And that's not the only person who wrote in and was kind of... A good segue there. Oh, yeah. We have another person, right? Yeah, read that one. Okay. Hi, Molly and Amanda. My name is Rich, and I'm a listener to Spermcast. Um, He's a listener to Spermcast, a fan of the pistol shrimps, and enjoyer of the big ones. Oh, hey. How's Uh, it going, buddy? Hey. Hello. I'm fascinated with Molly's journey and felt like I should share something from a conversation I had a few years ago with a friend who was about to have twins. He was a bundle of nerves and even began to wonder, what have I done? Is fatherhood going to be too much for me once it is here? I am a father of four, and he asked me what it was like having kids on a day-to-day basis. Wow, four kids. I thought of my response to him as I listened to your discussion with Georgia, doubting that she ever wanted to have children. I told this father-to-be that life with kids is the same as life before kids, but there is more of everything. More high points balanced with more heartaches. More victories, but more losses and missed opportunities. Before kids, my life could be measured on an emotional scale of negative 5 to positive 5. With kids, that scale is now a negative 10 to a positive 10, maybe even more. It tests my patience and has moments of confrontation, but it's also filled my heart more than it ever could have been without my children. Having kids doesn't make your life better or worse. Children bring more of what you already have into your life. A gentle, caring, and fun-loving soul is amplified for having children in their life, and I feel that this is truly what Molly's experience can be. Wow, Molly, I truly feel that there is so much more to come for you. That is nice. That's a nice email, huh? Yeah, that's really nice. I think that's a the smart fella. Yeah, that's I told a my mom point. about that one, and she said that is exactly correct. I love how he put that. Was it your mom's email address? Th- th- that's Did my mom wrote that. <laughs> this is her um, her pen name is Richard. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love that idea, and I've never heard it before. That children bring more into your life of what you already foster. Mm-hmm. I think that makes total sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a positive way of looking at it. It's going to there's going to be heartaches, but the the it's the amount of heartache is going to be the amplification of positivity is going to be the same as the amplification mm. of negativity. Yeah. But but you know, what's life without suffering? Yeah. Mm. You know who said that? Nope. I think a Buddha said that life is suffering. Oh yeah. So, sure. And you know, he's he's he had a good head on his shoulders. Yeah, big round head. <laughs> <laughs> What's okay. this one about? Um, this, let's see. <laughs> you want me to read this one? Yeah, sure. 
Okay, let's see. I put a pen around that area because the beginning was a little too nice to me. Oh, yeah. Well, this is um, Dear Molly. <laughs> you're great. You're great. You're great. You're great. You're thank great. You, you're thank great, you. Thank you. As for the podcast, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> they could be produced a little better. <laughs> thank you so much. I'm a straight, single, 41-year-old woman. I have looked for love for so long and just haven't found that right guy. Living in a smallish college town certainly doesn't help. I always wanted children and just assumed that would happen, but now without a husband, sperm, or frozen eggs, that seems very unlikely for me. So in a way, um, and I totally don't want this to sound creepy because it's not meant to be, but I feel like I'm going on your journey with you. You are showing me that what I thought was impossible for me is absolutely doable by other women in, in our position in life. I applaud you for being so open and honest and for sharing such a personal story with those knights of the, the world who are lucky enough to listen. I realize the podcast won't appeal to everyone, but it's right up my alley. Amanda, adore her. Hello. <laughs> Seems like a fantastic friend and producer to have alongside on your journey. Of course, there are good times and bad times. By sharing the entire spectrum of emotions with listeners, you make the process that much more real. But it takes a lot to do that. So thanks for being brave and strong enough to do so. Please know I'm behind you 100% and wish you absolutely nothing for the best. I believe you'll know when you've found the right donor, whether that's in person or not, and I'll support you through thick and thin distance be damned p.s your parents are adorable that's so nice molly okay i guess i just wanted you to read that one because it was nice yeah that's I really mean, nice let, it's nice to hear i think it's great that you're kind of hitting a nerve with people and also you really are so vulnerable on this podcast so it's great to to have a response that it's being received well and yeah. appreciated it is and it's so funny that people keep talking about my vulnerability because I feel like I don't feel like it's hard for me to be vulnerable. And so I love that people are responding to it for that reason. But I'm also I think I'm just like an oversharer. And but maybe it's I for people who aren't vulnerable at all when they see your vulnerability. That's like so refreshing to them. Yeah. And it's just nice to hear their thoughts come out of someone. And they don't know you're walking around all day, every day like talking this. Talking about myself all day long. Yeah. <laughs> excuse me hi i might have a panic attack in a half an hour i don't know if you could help me possibly i'm gonna need a friend <laughs> but, no, that was, but that that's was nice. really nice and yeah. also just someone who's also in your position and might not think of doing this and to, to yeah. see that you're taking steps and providing all this information for people too yeah yeah hold up what was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Um, so I'll read this one now. Let me take a little sip of my drink. <laughs> okay. Hello, writing you guys because you said it would be interesting to talk to somebody who was 100% sure they don't want kids. Um, my name is Ellen and I'm fine with you guys using my name. Degenerous? <laughs> is it Ellen? Yes, I it think it be. is. So I just listened to your podcast and I thought I would shoot you an email. I'm 21 years old. I'm no, Ellen. it's not Ellen. Ellen's not 21. I'm a pre <laughs> I'm 21. Triple that. 
I'm a pre-med major and I don't and I know I don't want kids. I don't want kids for both career and personal reasons. I had an amazing mom, like the mom of all moms who I think all parents should aspire to be, and I know for 100% that I would never be able to be the kind of mom she was. I don't feel a deep sentimental bond with kids. I don't want to put my career on hold. I also don't like kids. I think <laughs> I think babies are cute. I like to see them, but I don't want to care for them. I don't like unruly kids and I get really overwhelmed by being around them and it stresses me out immensely i don't have any feelings toward being pregnant it's not something i have a desire to experience or anything like that and childbirth as a process freaks me out i have considered getting sterilized but i worry about some of the things that like lack of sex drive or early menopause i also worry that because i have anxiety even though i do not ever want kids i would totally second guess myself and drive myself crazy Mm. literally every person i have ever said this to has told me i would change my mind again except for my incredible mom who thinks these people are sexist and I know I won't I will not have kids hopefully that sheds some light Ellen well I certainly am sure after writing an email like this we do have a record (laughs) so if you ever do change your mind you'll feel pretty silly yeah (laughs) but I think that's a wonderful perspective yeah yeah and a cool mom I know what an awesome mom to totally accept her daughter's decision like that I think it's also uh I understand completely about like the anxiety about making a lifelong decision about sterilization, like just nervous that you might change your mind later. That's scary. I know. And even someone who's is so certain like this woman. Yeah. You know, she's yeah. anyone second guesses themselves because she's only 22. 21. Mm-hmm. Anyone under 30, I'm like, don't make any big life decisions. Well, also, your brain isn't fully developed yet. I mean, I'm sure that up. It was true. Yeah. 25. 25. Yeah. I'm sure that this woman knows exactly what she wants. She sounds super confident. But, you know, things Things do change. change. Anyone who thinks they know exactly what they want, 100 percent. I don't trust because that we're not talking about you, Ellen. That that, no, no, no. I'm just. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm just saying like. I don't mean Ellen. I just mean like when you're in your so many things that I thought I was 100% sure of in my 20s, I wasn't. And then I'm sure things that I'm sure of now, even though I'm wary anytime I think I'm sure of something, and you know, when I get older, I'll look back and go, huh. So you're constantly changing. To think that your life is what it is at 22, mm-hmm. that's what it's going to be for the next 50, 60 years, you're, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, I don't know. I mean, it, you know yourself, of course, but but you don't know your future self. Yeah, that brings me to my favorite question ever to ask people is what's the most shocking place? If you could look in a crystal ball and see your future five years down the road, what's the most shocking place that you could be? Uh, at Ellen's sterilization surgery. <laughs> that would be shocking. <laughs> Ellen, I'm here. Um, Performing it? Uh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Performing at it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> my one woman show mine would be okay either in jail or on a battlefield with a gun like shoot shooting people yeah i oh, guess yeah, that's okay. yeah i'd be yeah maybe on death row or something like that mm. although oh, yeah. maybe i could yeah. see myself in jail yeah, yeah i could see myself in jail i i mean prison Just because things happen yeah no like uh getting framed <gasps> that's, that's so right true. i could see my maybe it would be i'd be framing someone for murder like having to make that choice or yeah, something. Yeah, that would be shocking. Oh, m- maybe mine would be like running a marathon. Uh, That's true. <laughs> I'm not a good runner. Maybe. Oh, you guys, can we play a game really quickly? Sure. Okay, you just said five years from today. 
Oh uh-huh. God. Are you going to put something in the calendar? I'm going to put something in the calendar. Oh God. Oh my God. This is scary to me. This is like being in a time machine. This is scaring me too. Oh, so in five years from today, we're going to have a check-in about where we are. I hope yeah. we're all alive. Okay. What's five years from today? September 1st. Oh, what a good... 2023. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. 2023. Okay. September. Okay. Here we go. I'm going to write in, check in with Molly and Amanda. This is... Are you going to say why? Because um, you're going to not remember why. Uh, say like about five-year about, plan. <laughs> about five-year. Okay. And should we say what... Okay. Let's, oh, yeah. Let's do it Let's say right now where we're going to be. Oh, okay. what we think we'll actually be doing? Yes. Five years. I'm going to be living in New York with a four-year-old. okay i'm gonna i'll put that i'll put that in oh my god molly where can i put notes okay molly (laughs) is in new york with Mm four-year-old okay living in new york with a four-year-old that gave me chills (laughs) yeah i like that (laughs) all right amanda i'm in a flying car (laughs) <laughs> no you're not amanda's in a flying car um no i uh yeah i guess um oh i don't like this game why are I, you seeing yourself pregnant. in a box she's, she's, in a, she's seeing herself I, i'm in... pregnant maybe with my second no actually i don't want to have two what okay so we are... have one adopt one okay where are you i'm here i'm here okay so amanda... i'm in pasadena i'm doing i think i'm doing the same stuff <laughs> at home <laughs> With, uh, is, with and Erios is very successful. Yes, I'm. Yeah, I'm doing. Um, yeah, flying around doing like you know talks about okay. our podcast she, network TED Talk Circuit. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, Amanda and I, I Maria. <laughs> what was that? Maria. No, I've talked about the the podcast network. Or last week we talked about the podcast network, but we didn't go into details. It's called Erios. Yes, and it's run by and created by Amanda Maria and Priyanka Matu, mm-hmm. and uh, that's the the lady run podcast network that they, yeah. that we talked about last week. That's all. Yeah, that's the I'm the, you know doing executive things, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you're doing a TED talk. Yeah. With your baby on on your back. That's right. My baby's giving the TED talk because my baby's <laughs> oh, very that's very smart. good. Yes. Yeah. Um, my five year. I think I'm fresh off my Golden Globe win. Wow. Um, for what? I'm not sure. I can't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be that person and say what it's for. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that person. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm fresh off that Golden Globe win. I've got a really uh, nice house somewhere up in a on a quiet street in LA I've got uh one kid and uh, I throw it I'm throwing you have have a man I'm with Craig and I'm and I'm throwing killer dinner parties wow very nice um so I'm doing so well you guys oh my god I'm so excited for yeah I'm so excited I'm doing really well too I didn't mention that part please play this at my funeral in four (laughs) years so that people can make people feel real weird also my house is um filled with fresh flowers Maria is just doing really well okay cool okay let's get into this email Hi, Molly. Uh, the main reason why I'm writing you is to let you know how much I you have helped with my wife, um, Blank and I. She has been wanting to freeze her eggs, well, embryos specifically, for a while now because time is a ticking. But the biggest hurdle we've had was landing on how we wanted to get the sperm. Do we go the bank route, friend? 
family member, toilet seat. Every <laughs> time we came to a decision, I would go to bed and immediately start having second thoughts. It's been like this for the last year, year and a half. Well, I started listening to the podcast last month and my wife started listening too. It was so nice to hear someone like us, um, getting older comedian, actor types who don't have free access to a desirable man peen, having <laughs> the same questions, the same not answers, the same anxieties, etc. as we were. You've provided more clear, specific information about this whole process than any other doctor has. Than any doctor, than any other doctor other has. Doctor. Have you been telling people you're a doctor? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you basically are. <laughs> Side story, I went to check my fertility several months ago and had no idea what exactly they were looking for and I didn't know what an egg reserve was. And also, the doctor did a bad job looking and basically told me I was infertile. Ugh. Turns out they were way wrong. Needless to say, that was a bad week. Also, why don't we know more about how our bodies work? Good question. Anyway, you've empowered both of us, and I'm happy to say we just picked a sperm donor from a bank <gasps> today. Wow. We will be calling them tomorrow to buy our little swimmers, and my wife is getting her eggs extracted next month. I know we probably would have gotten to this point eventually without the podcast, but I don't know if it would have been as easy or worry-free. I also know we still have a long way to go before actually getting a baby, but it all feels a little nicer knowing that someone else is on a similar journey, and we get to hear all about it. Thank you for being so open and honest about everything. You are changing the world for people way to go oh that's great molly wow i'm really tooting my own horn no this this is all good p.s i asked our fertility doctor if he had heard the podcast and he said he totally had yay what (laughs) are you serious yeah that's what they said cool maybe i can go to here's something about an email about a potential donor okay okay hi molly I have a potential donor for you. My husband, Chris. We've been together 16 years and married for nine. I have asked him to give sperm to a close friend before and he declined, but maybe he would be open because he doesn't know you. He has a really, he has really good genes and we have an awesome four-year-old son. He's a surgeon, surfs like likes punk rock drives a prius and runs five days a week he doesn't have any panic attacks or acid reflux or any mental illness but he likes to eat meat hardly any veggies (laughs) he likes beer but in moderation i will warn you it may take some convincing if you and amanda are up for the task (laughs) i would love my only child to have a half sibling that he can contact one day do you want to meet with him (laughs) are they in l.a yeah, I have to ask if they're in L.A. Yeah, I mean, did, that could be really funny. That? Well, it was funny because it doesn't seem like he, he doesn't knows about to. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. But we'd have to convince him. That'd be like trying to convince, convince Nick Vile. So he Nick Vile was not even thinking about it. Oh, he has zero interest. He said if he was on his deathbed, I could have his sperm it, yeah, we haven't. I haven't checked today's headlines, so we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to be ready. You got to be on call. Yeah. Try. Yeah, let's see. Okay, here's an email from someone with a unique perspective. First and foremost, if you're looking for someone who talks about regretting becoming a parent, I'm your gal. Oh, wow. I always wanted to have kids. In fact, at age 10, I wanted to have 12 kids, but by 17, I had toned it down to three. When I got married at 22, our vows included future kids. My biggest fear in life was not being pregnant by 35. Fast forward six years and after a serious accident at work and becoming permanently disabled, my husband decides he doesn't want kids. I decide that somehow, some way, I'm going to have a hand in motherhood, be it a surrogate, egg donor, traditional get knocked up and keep the kid or adoption. However, I'm 28, our marriage is rocky and I figure I still got time. I turn 29 and start planning a big 30th birthday. Then December rolls around and I go to urgent care for abdominal... abdominable 
abdominal abominable tummy pain abdominable snowman it turns out i'm pregnant i'm <gasps> devastated not how i expected to feel he's apathetic i absolutely hated being pregnant i was miserable nothing was wrong but i got every normal pregnancy awfulness nauseous all the time ridiculous acne lymph dull stagnant hair leg cramps nasty flatulence gerd uncontrollable hunger but no room in my body to put food a separated rib and more horror that i've blocked out of my mind Jeez. The only thing that I liked was the movement, but my husband got jealous when I tried to share that with him. Birth was a relief. Um, the instant our son was born, every ounce of love my husband had for me poured into that baby and the bundle of joy was his everything. I just wanted to escape and thought that fleshy crying blob was a complete bore. My husband was obsessed and I was just a bad mom in his eyes. I couldn't do anything right from change the diapers correctly to love the baby the right way. Once he started crawling, the baby became more interesting and I actually wasn't completely uninterested. But parenting with my husband was a big problem. Our son was an intense little guy and we had completely different views on how to handle it. After two years, things dissolved into a ridiculously messy divorce. Um, co-parenting not in a relationship wasn't any easier than co-parenting when we were together and it made me hate parenting all together plus our son was a little asshole a brilliant beautiful asshole with sweet moments but a tantrum throwing bullying little asshole so i went ahead warned all my friends against having kids and white knuckled it through parenthood but lo and behold at age five my son became a decent human being more of the time than not He's still intense and can rage out sometimes. Then 18 months ago, all five of my closest friends decided to start trying to have children, even the ones who were staunchly against having kids when we were in our 20s. And fertility has become a huge topic of discussion. Nine months ago, I got sober, put myself and my son in therapy and actually started enjoying parenthood. Now I find myself in a Georgia spot. Pretty sure I don't want more kids, but not 100% sure. Filled with doubts that if I do, I'll ruin my current marriage. But if I don't, I'll be missing out. And God damn it, I don't want it to just I don't want to decide right now, but I'm turning 38 in a month and I don't have the luxury of maybe someday anymore. To end it, I will say this. If I had to do it again, I would change a million things. But since I can't, it's not actually so bad. That's intense. I mean, I think to me what I get from that email is like having a guy in the picture or being in a dysfunctional relationship doesn't make anything any easier like mm. than doing it alone. That helps, actually. <laughs> And she's happy happy about it now, and she likes her little man now. Yeah, so that's that's um was a journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she or any other mother probably wouldn't write that if she hadn't already gotten to the place of I do love my kid now. Yeah, you know, yeah. you wouldn't hear somebody saying this if if she was if they weren't ta uh, uh, the wrapping it wrapping it. it up. Yeah. yeah, on the other side. I know. Yeah. Yeah, what? that's that's tough. It's I mean, all sounds... a journey, man. Everyone's the other thing I'm scared of is postpartum depression. Yeah, yeah. But you've got Hayden Panettiere right by your side. Oh my God, I love Nashville. <laughs> well, she's there with you. Oh she gosh. dealt with it. <gasps> but yeah. no, I mean postpartum is a is a common thing. I know three people, yeah. at least of my girlfriends, that have had serious postpartum, and and I'm scared of that. But I've never had depression, so maybe that's. I mean, it's I've interesting had anxiety, that but... this person doesn't mention any sort of postpartum diagnosis because reading that email and it's I don't a, know much yeah. about it, it seems like that could have could have been at play. It could have. Yeah. And she just sounded like she had some substance abuse problems, yeah. too. So it's good that she's working through that. Hey, I just want to say thank you for sending that email. I think it must have taken a lot of courage to write and a lot of courage to admit something like that. And it's my guess that it may be helping other people that are experiencing those same feelings right now to know 
that they're not alone and to know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. So thank you. Okay, we have one more email left. I don't remember what it is. Okay, um, my secret grief over 35 oh, single that's not an email. and childless. That's a, an article. Oh, interesting. I don't know why. I, I think I printed it because I liked it, but I don't remember what was in it. So you don't have to read that. We can. Or, or, or skim it and see if there's anything in there that you want to talk about. Um, yeah. Because I thought it was an interesting article. Interesting. What, can you uh, summarize it? Yeah. Um, grief over childlessness for a single woman is not accepted. This grief hit me in my mid-30s without warning. By all appearances, my life was fantastic. But then there were times, lonely days and nights, when I would cry, sob. I was in mourning, but I didn't know it. Having experienced the same feeling for a few years, I now know the grief was over being childless or more poignantly over the loss of the baby I never held in my arms. By that point in my life, I had expected to be married and a mother to at least two kids. I was far from it, still single, no kids. Passing by a new mother and her infant strolling down Broadway would rattle my womb. Even seeing <laughs> a woman swollen from seven or eight months of pregnancy would make my petite frame feel invisible and small. Okay, you had to throw in that you're petite. Oh. <laughs> the sadness I'd feel around my period was deeper than hormonal. Grief over not being able to have children is acceptable for couples going through biological infertility. Grief over childlessness for single women in her 30s and 40s is not accepted. Instead, it's assumed that we just don't understand our fertility has a limited lifespan and we are simply being reckless with chance. We're labeled career women as if we graduated college, burned our bras, and got jobs to exhibit some sort of feminist muscle. Or it's assumed we're not trying hard enough or we're not we're being too picky, which is a question Nick asked I get you. a lot of... Um, Nick I, asked I you if you're being too picky? Yeah. Did you say, well, some people aren't picky enough? Oh, well, you yeah, know, because I, said, I am picky and I think that's a good thing. The latest trend is to assume we don't really want children because we haven't frozen our eggs, adopted or had a biological baby as a single woman. This type of grief that is not accepted or that is silent is referred to as disenfranchised grief. Um, it's the grief you don't feel allowed to mourn because your loss isn't clear or understood. Let me be clear when you're over 35 and heartbroken over a breakup with the guy who you hope to be the one or haven't had a good date in a while or watch your close friends go on their second or third pregnancy. It's hard. It's disarming. And sometimes it's unbearable. I've always loved being around babies. I couldn't get enough of my own newborn nieces and nephew. Not having my own, I felt like the world in one big swoop was moving forward and I was being held back. Turning 40 helped. Just the anticipation of turning 37, 38, 39 and remaining single was creating more anxiety. Once I hit 40, I realized that despite my dreams, I was still happy for all the other things in my life. I'm 42 now and I've quietly moved on. Becoming a mother at this point would be a very happy surprise. Of course, I still have my moment. That hard-won peace of mind can be interrupted by an unexpected package from a PR agency sending me a newborn baby onesie for promotion. Or when people assume I never wanted kids because I don't have any. Or act surprised when I reveal that I do. Want them. Want them. <laughs> or worse, presume I'm happier for being childless or more fortunate to not have kids to worry about. Some of them even come to call me child free a term coined by those who have chosen to never have children and have no desire to have children simply because i've chosen to wait for love i've not only had to cope with my circumstantial infertility but i have to defend my desire to be married to someone i'm crazy about before conceiving i had to defend why i'm not a mother when it's all i've ever wanted to be 
There's still hope I'll meet a man who has the desire to have a baby with me or will be prepared to be with me through the treatments I may need to make that happen or grieve with me should they not work. But mainly I just keep going looking for love. Thankfully, there's no biological time limit on that dream. I cautiously hold on to the hope that I may still have a chance to hold my baby in, in my arms and that I am still attractive to men who want children too. I know I'm not alone. I am one of the 18% of American women between the ages of 40 and 44 who are childless. Um, research reports that half of this group has chosen that fate. They are child-free by choice. And the rest of us, about 1 million American childless women ages 40 to 44, suffer from biological or, or circumstantial infertility. How we choose to move on from this grief is now the focus of our own kind of happily ever after. And I must say, I plan for my happy to indeed be ever after, and hopefully it won't be alone. Mm. That's a nice little article. And that was written by yeah. Melanie Notkin. Yeah. That's a, I really like that yeah. perspective. The idea of uh, circumstantial infertility, I've heard it called social infertility. I am socially infertile. It sucks. Yeah. That's, I can't have a baby because I can't, haven't found the right man or is what it feels like. I know. It's right. so fascinating because you do think someone like that, you're like, you want this so bad. I, I would wish for her that she would take it into her own hands and do it. But some people don't want it like that. Yeah. Some people will only want it if they have the full package. Yeah. yeah. And I guess that's everyone's individual choice. Right. Yeah. And I don't fully want it like that. And that's why I'm stuck. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because it was so, the grief, like the word she was saying was so like heavy with grief. That's true. Yet yeah. there was such positivity in it in a way of like. Yeah, I've never thought about it like um, like that, like uh, the grief for the child that you could have had but probably never will. That, yeah, the disenfranchised yeah. grief. Yeah, that's so interesting. It's something specific to women in their 40s. I think that is a misunderstood thing in society of that. If you're not married, if you don't have a kid, there's a loneliness to it of being the 18% or whatever of being seen in a certain light. You either didn't want kids or you're too picky what she was saying. It's mm -hmm. just like that's so specific to such a certain age group. I think there's gender. also this real movement happening right now that is kind of like I'm child free and it's my choice and and I'm taking control of my own fertility. I don't want kids. Don't feel bad for me. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's a wonderful perspective. And then but there's also, I think, the lesser perspective, which is what this article talks about, which is I do want kids. Yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah. you know, it's not really going to happen for me, probably. And yeah. that's not something I think you really hear about. Well, I think yeah. that's actually what we well, that's what I always thought it was. Mm, interesting. <laughs> so it's maybe it's not what we're hearing about now, but that's what I've always thought of that. That's what I why I said er, in another episode that I in I felt episode, I think. Yeah, where I felt bad for women in their early 40s who didn't have kids yet because I assumed they all wanted them. Yeah, that's so interesting. But you know, we've heard of old maids and spinsters so many times before, you know. Yeah. And it's just because we dated such and such guy and got divorced at 38 or you know I don't know just it just doesn't work out and even with the most planning that you could possibly do you can never you can never I mean you can do your best but like yeah. things just might not happen right. I can't regret any of the relationships that I had because 
I didn't know that I would be in this position. Right. Maybe I could have done a little bit better of a job. <laughs> well, but it's so hard to, I don't know. It's just hard to plan that far ahead. Mm-hmm. So what else do I have to do in this episode? I got to thank my Patreon, my new Patreon subscribers. Thank you guys so much. Yes, thank you, Kelsey, Hillary, E, Rosen, Megan, Ferreira, Ashley Hicks, Lauren M, Maria Pascarelli, and Kristen Singer. We're up to $234. And once we get to $250, I'll be putting out an extra special little episode once a month, but only for my Patreon subscribers. That sounds great. Yeah, that's a good deal. Yes, it's a it great is. Deal. What other cool exclusive things could you find on my Patreon stuff? Well, I, sometimes I cut out pieces of interviews and I post them up there. Sometimes I... Um, Little secrets. I tell secrets. I did an unboxing video of the uh, home fertility test. That's great. Oh, I do have two people that are going to take the male home fertility test. That means I'm going to give them the kit. They're going to take it home. They're going to jerk off in this cup. They're uh-huh. going to put a little sample on the propeller plane, spin it around in the centrifuge. <laughs> It spins around and we're going to learn about their volume. The cup has a little volume measurer and we're going to learn about their sperm count. Um, But they're going to remain anonymous and we'll see in another three months, we'll test them again to see if they can raise their their sperm count. With what, diet and stuff? Diet and vitamins and exercise and no stress. Guess what, you guys? The results are already in. Yes, the two guys have already done it. I dropped the kid off at their places. It was very interesting, very awkward, and the results are actually pretty surprising. I'm going to tell you all about them next week, but if you're a Patreon subscriber, I'll tell you about them sooner. You know, in case you want to get the dirt a couple days in advance. Track fertility for all your home male fertility testing needs. Go to trackfertility, T-R-A-K, fertility.com. And for 15% off of your very own home fertility test kit, just put Spermcast 2018 in the thingy-dingy at checkout. It's good they left that C out of track. Yeah, otherwise. Otherwise, they'd just be like every other asshole who uses the, the word track. Yeah. <laughs> okay, should we sign off? Is this where we do it? Yeah. Signing off. Thanks so much for having me, Molly. Jesus, take the wheel. Take it from my hands. Because I can't do this on my own. Jesus, take the wheel. Yes, Amanda. Go, girl. Yes. Jesus, it's me, Molly. Um, I'm not sure if you remember me. I did reach out once, I think, when I was about 15 and a half. I hadn't gotten my first period yet, and I was, like, really, like, I was super flat, and no boys liked me, and so anyway, um, thank you, by the way, for delivering. I did finally get my period two weeks before I turned 16. So I'm not sure if you've been listening to the podcast or not, but here's what's going on with me now. I'm I'm 40 years old, I'm single, and I'm trying to figure out if I should try and have a baby by myself. And I'm having a lot of self-doubt and fear about the future, you know? I have no idea what's going to happen. I keep thinking about worst case scenarios. And anyway, Jesus, what do you think? I mean, what's your take on this whole sitch? I know you work in mysterious ways, or is that the Lord? Are you the same as the Lord? I never know this stuff. I guess I just need to let go, right? 
That's what the song's telling me to do. I'm going to let go. You sleep on it. You let me know what you think. And um, yeah, in the meantime, I might pray to the universe. I hope you don't mind. Well, anyway, it was nice catching up with you, Jesus. I hope you're well. Thanks. Oh, and thank you to Maria Blasucci also for hanging out with me and Amanda Lund. And thank you to Amanda Lund for hanging out with me and Maria Blasucci. Also, big thanks to my new intern, Mike Test. Mike, I'm wondering if you could come over and help me clean my Airbnb tomorrow. Thanks. Listeners, don't forget to tune into the big ones. It is so funny and so smart, and you're going to love it. Thank you to all my wonderful, wonderful listeners, and thank you to the listeners that wrote in and let me share your emails in this podcast. It is such a wonderful feeling to know that I am connecting with you. So thank you, and um, keep it up. Want to send me an email? Spermcast at gmail.com or give me a phone call at 323-741-1818. You can also text that number if you're feeling shy. You know all about Patreon, patreon.com forward slash spermcast. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N forward slash spermcast, where you can donate a dollar or two a month just to support an independent podcast, me and my future baby. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at spermcast. All right, well, that's it. What did we learn? We learned to let Jesus drive your car. We also learned to choose the bigger life and to see the forest for the trees. And you know what? While you're there, why don't you see the forest from the trees? It's a nice view. Choose the bigger life, you guys. Just go for it. Who cares? All right, I gotta go. Love you. He could be bald and bearded, shorter or tall. Funny, smart, love basketball. From gay, straight, black, white. Tiny ass with an underbite. I just need sperm. Sperm cast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.